Hi everyone, this is Sarah. Uh, this is part two of our Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell episode. If you want to listen to Jesus Christ Superstar, check out the previous episode. The rest of this one is going to be about Godspell. Thanks for listening. Godspell now. Perfect transition. Let's go to Godspell. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so a brief introduction uh, for Godspell. It's also a musical. <laughs> you didn't know that already. Um, it's structured around a series of parables primarily based on the Gospel of Matthew. The parables are interspersed with music set primarily to lyrics from traditional hymns which I did not know that. I didn't know that there were hymn lyrics. Um, and the, all that information is from Wikipedia. Godspell was also started as a project by drama students at Carnegie Mellon. What? These freaking like undergrad students. They have an amazing theater program at Carnegie Mellon. Just writing incredible musicals like these students and then like Lin-Manuel Miranda writing in the Heights. Very Potter musical. <laughs> Brody, your next, your next, uh, <laughs> you know, I turned them down, you know, I was asked to be a part of their of group, but you know, I have other things to do. You just have too I many did. other they things going on could, at this point um, in your life. Yeah. If I could go in and, you know, play their main parts, <laughs> but you know, you can only do what you can do. <laughs> oh, true. You're only one person. <laughs> um, and so Day by Day from the original cast album reached number 13 on the Billboard Pop Singles chart in the summer of 1972, which is a year before Jesus Christ Superstar came out. So that was just a, a, a few years of lots of Jesus musicals. Jesus music was in the air. You say it prepared the way. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was so good, Brody. It was very good. What are other Jesus musicals? Because I can only think of these two. Would you count Veggie Tales? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the longest running Jesus musical of all time. Let me look it up. Jesus musicals. <laughs> I wonder what it was about. I was, yeah, I was talking to my mom and she was like, yeah, all of these were um, like anti-Vietnam, um, anti military industrial complex, all these movements, and like trying to use uh, Jesus' story as kind of like a story of resistance. But I, I wonder, yeah, if that is true, and what else was happening around 1970 and 1971 for these musicals to take off? I don't know. I mean, yeah, like Vietnam, but I also feel like that was kind of the rise, excuse me, of the religious right, of the moral, what do you call it? The moral, right? The Co coalition, isn't it? Something oh like God. that. Uh, moral majority. Silent yes. Majority. Um, and like, you know, that's kind of, there's beginnings of that kind of in the air. Um, I don't know. I know that when 
my this is kind of a tangent when god spell no when jesus christ superstar came out my grandparents were apparently very upset about it because they were they're fundamentalist christians and they were like this is we can't have this we can't have this this is heresy well i know my dad and his older brother were obsessed with the jesus christ music like record they would play it over and over again and they're not religious at all so it's just interesting how it appealed to you know different audiences. I just looked up um, Jesus musicals, and apparently there's another another one that came out in 1973. Excuse me, was called Gospel Road: A Story of Jesus. The production was created by Johnny Cash. Whoa! Am I the only one who can only think of like? gospel road but like set to country roads like, <laughs> gospel, gospel roads <laughs> that's so funny i've never heard of this musical before my gosh i might have to watch it johnny cash the man in black oh my gosh johnny cash is in it as himself what a freaking power move to put yourself in a musical as yourself. Uh, a musical of, of Jesus, about Jesus' life. <laughs> of Jesus, right? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> anyway, back to Godspell. <laughs> I would love to hear how, um, like, you all were introduced to it and just, like, your initial thoughts around the musical... What drew you in? What kept you there? You know, the big questions. Brody, would you like to go first? Yeah, like I said, I think the I first saw it in undergrad not too long ago as it was an event for the Catholic Campus Ministry and we just all watched it together as this like social outing and I thought it was like the weirdest movie. And then I slowly started listening to the soundtrack over and over again and became obsessed. Um, so yeah, that's what I, I just really, the songs are just so catchy. <laughs> um, and I just like, I love um, the day by day, love, um, we like, what's the song? We are the salt of the earth or salt of the earth. Love that song. Um, it's cool. And I love, and I think we can get into this, but I love that opening scene in the movie of like everyone in there just like humdrum, very boring life. Um, and then just kind of the excitement. Like, I think a lot of Jesus Christ superstars, a lot of like the drama and kind of um, like underbelly of, of the story. And this is just a lot more joy. It's like joyful and um, like the joy of coming together and like finding this vision and sharing this vision and um, building the city, whatever. Like, I just think it's like, I, I love that element of it. Karen would be so proud because you mentioned joy and celebration and we are people of the Eucharist. We are people of celebration. Karen would be so proud. Karen was our Catholic campus minister in at Davidson. So I just had to shout out Karen and celebration. On the same note as that, yes. Um, I watched it first, my mom probably in high school and then I've watched it. This is my third like Easter season in a row that I've watched it. It's just so joyful and bright. And I especially love it, all of the colors and all the playfulness and just childishness, <laughs> especially with this like city backdrop. 
I just really want to be in fields with my friends and make art right now, especially when we can't be together. I also think it's a really like fun way. I mean, probably kids wouldn't like it if they watched it. <laughs> but if they do, if you can convince your kid at like age five to start watching it and learn some messages from the Bible, that might be like a good move. Um, but yeah, like Brenda was saying, it's it's a weird movie. And even Victor, I was reading an article from Vanity Fair with Victor Garber about like 10 years ago. And the interviewer says, yeah, I was watching Godspell last night. And he goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I don't know if he regrets it or what the cast think about it now, but I'm sure they look back and they're like, wow, when I was 24, I made some interesting career moves, but I love it. I mean, obviously. That's so funny. So I've only ever seen bits and pieces of the movie I think only really when May played it in the apartment <laughs> is when I've seen it and I'm like oh that's weird <laughs> but I saw a high school performance of it um at the fringe and I was like this is weird but I love the music so I kept listening to it which versions do you all like better ready <laughs> Well, I like the original, the original Broadway cast version of all the songs. I like listening to that album. And I think in 2011, wasn't it 2011? I think it ran from like 2011 to 2012. Um, the newer versions, I don't know. It just doesn't hit, hit, hit the same spot as, as the OG. But me and Sarah have a big disagreement about this. It's our first. It's honestly potentially friend, uh, friendship breaking. This is our like <laughs> first argument. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I like the the new version. I think. Okay. So I will add that I think on paper I love folk music. So I think on paper I would have I would have picked the original version, but the the newer one is the one that I listened to first, so that was part of it. But I think for some reason, the like weird acoustic, like the, the vocals don't match up with the, usually I love that, but in, for whatever reason in Godswell, I can't stand it. Um, and I think maybe it's because I art, I love, Jesus Christ Superstar so much and it reminds me and like the newer rock version reminds me more of Godspell or of Jesus Christ Superstar so that's our big feud <laughs> I think I just grew up listening to all the uh Catholic um Catholic folk music from the 60s that like was still very much around I mean still very much around today but um you know, usually you don't have a perfect vocalist singing it. So you get a very, you know, it's not just a folk song. It's a folksy singer who um, might not be able to hit all the notes. So I think I kind of appreciated that, you know, um, I don't know, discord, if you will, in the original, in the original, made, you know, that more human sound of, because, you know, so many of the Broadway shows today are like, perfect singers right it's just like it's like you know it's flawless and I, I don't know I like the kind of more human element of the the OG uh, version I guess I'll be the tiebreaker and say that I do like the original Broadway cast better although Victor Garber's not in it because he was up in Canada doing stuff or whatever but um I do I like that it's not 
I feel like often it's like a treat when you hear the unpolished version of it, you know, compared to like the movie version or the newest one, because it's kind of like in its rawest form. And there's something really like sacred and beautiful about that. I guess I like that it's like unpolished and that it's um, not perfect and the audio quality isn't great, even though I'm sure they've had a chance over 50 years to remaster it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I haven't really gotten into the 2011 version, but maybe if I really listened to it, I could. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. On paper, I like agree with that. And generally, that's also how I feel about most things. But for whatever reason, Godspell, I love me the new <laughs> synthesized Dolby surround sound <laughs> version. <laughs> um, so what are what is everyone's favorite songs from from them? Well, of course, my favorite is <laughs> All for the Best. I love the part in the movie with David Haskell on a freaking like skyscraper on a pool. And then he just has like a martini and a cigar. And then you have Victor, uh, Victor, Victor, Victor Garber and um, David Haskell, like uh, Jesus and Judas. They're on like, <laughs> they're in like a baseball stadium and they're doing this kind of like vaudeville, like almost also like Fred Astaire kind of dancing with the cane. I just love it so much. And I don't normally like that type of music, but it's just so funny and ridiculous to me that I love it. I love All for the Best. I can't explain why, but I do. I think it's, it's the, the old version definitely has an element of the, it's a bit cheesy and campy and they know it and they lean into that. Which I, which I do really appreciate. I think that's a really, it's, I don't know, it's just fun, like self-aware art, you know? Yes, yes, yes. And it's also like the tension between Jesus and Judas that obviously like goes on, but it's done this really like, yeah, campy, cute way. What are your favorite songs, Brody? Love Light of the, uh, Light of the World. Um, Alas for you, like when I'm in a mood and I just feel just very angry about, I think particularly like, I think in my junior year, so like coming right out of the time, I'm like, I, I went abroad, but like um, I had just kind of watched these musicals. And when I went abroad, like a lot of the um, sex scandal stuff came out um, about the church in, in Philadelphia. And like, that just was really, tough to take um and you know just the reactions from that um particularly like the more conservative side of the church which was like blaming it either on like a lot of them would call it like the lavender mafia so like like pretty much gay priests is what they like blame the whole situation on but wow. just like the conservative side of the church in general which to me at least in the catholic tradition like has been kind of stamping out a lot of the good things that came out of vatican ii and like the progressive um, and kind of like theological developments that happened then. Um, and I was just so angry with like so many of like these people who were so self-assured of like their own morality and their own like rightness and their own, that they knew how to interpret all this stuff. And I just, I don't know why, but the Alas For You song, like for such a happy and joyful movie, I just would sing that to myself and be like, just, channel my energy my anger into that song so I like that one and I also like all good gifts I love that song too. 
Alas for you has a, a lot of good righteous anger energy to it. it. Yeah, it's very good. Mine, okay, so I kind of cheated and chose three. <laughs> My favorite, uh, well, it depends on the day, but by my side, I, lo I love all the moody, dramatic ones <laughs> in Godspell. So by my side, because it's just this like bittersweet, melancholic, kind of like yearning. My, one of my new favorite ideas that I learned from, from Maeve, hauntology, this like this morning of a lost future that hasn't even happened yet. I don't know where like in Matthew it is. <laughs> I don't know like what they're referencing. I'm assuming it's that part when he's like, I'm always with you to the end of the age, blah, 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 blah. But it's just, it's, it's beautiful because it's about like this person who puts a pebble in their shoe and then they take it out. And then it's like, and then they say like, meet your new road pebble. I don't know. It's like, oh, I love it so much. I'm like getting worked up talking about it. I love this song so much. <laughs> and it's about a freaking pebble in someone's shoe, which is objectively very annoying. So I don't understand it. <laughs> but I also like On the Willows, another gut-wrenching song um, because it's about that's not even from Matthew. What are they even talking? I don't know. Anyway, it's about it's from the psalm. Yeah, it's from the psalm about you know what they're in exile and their oppressors are wanting them to play their music and it's like how can we do like we're so sad and like we've been taken from our homeland like how dare you even ask us to to like perform for you so we're gonna hang up our our liars on the willows um, and I think I especially now like this semester been drawn to the song because I'm taking a class on Esther and so thinking I've been thinking a lot about like um just the Jewish people during exile and this kind of um uh, Jewish person in a in a foreign court kind of storyline that's throughout um the Hebrew Bible Okay, and finally, <laughs> my third favorite song um, <laughs> is Day by Day because I, it's so, to me, it's like so encouraging because I think so often, or maybe this is just me, so often I think of like faith as something that you either have or you don't have and you're either like all in or you're all out. But really it's saying like it's this constant like unlearning and relearning and uncovering and it's like faith is the journey in and of itself. And I just I really love that. It's a very hopeful song for me. I love it. <laughs> we just really spanned the gamut of our favorite songs like that song album. <laughs> Um, does anybody want to talk about like theological points or philosophical points that they got from the movie or the musical? Jesus talks about the kingdom of God a lot. Um, I don't have anything like in particular, but you go from, yeah, Jesus Christ Superstar where that's like really not mentioned at all. Although you get kind of like a visual representation of the kingdom of God through the followers of Christ. But I, I love God's Fall because it's like a mini gospel lesson. And if you like put on the captions, you can be like, oh, wow. You can like do exegesis on Victor Carver <laughs> acting like a clown. Um, yeah. And I love because so much, like you said, Sarah, like 
the musical is about parables. It has a parable structure. And the Gospel of Matthew is all about Jesus as a teacher, as so fulfilling the words and the laws of the prophets of the Hebrew Bible, and kind of like extending them in their righteousness um, and, you know, fulfilling them, but not overturning them. And yeah, I don't have any theological hot takes, but um, I, I like that part of it, of Jesus as a teacher and as kind of like a mentor to these people who are trying to find like their childish selves and their spontaneity through their faith and through learning. And that learning doesn't have to be something that is like serious and super righteous, or it can be, but there can be like playfulness and righteousness, which I love. Wait, Maeve, okay. Would you say that there's theology of play within God's Of course I would say there's theology of play within <laughs> God's If you want to learn more, listen to our uh, D&D episode about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I would say, you know, we've talked about the kind of context in which these, these movies and like musicals were developing. Um, and I took a class at Davidson called the music of Southern Appalachia. But one of the things they get into in that class um, is the folk revival movement of the 60s um, and just how folk music since like, since like the 30s really has been all about like the music of the people. And like, so it was a, a lot of these folk like songs that were developed like especially in the 30s and the 40s were all about like unions and workers and um, using like yeah the art of the people as like the voice of the people um and that like really took off in the 60s with like Peter Paul and Mary Bob Dylan like all those different um those artists who had a very like social message it was um if you listen to like any of Bob Dylan's songs during that time right it's just like a lot of that like all has like kind of social protesty songs um and which is kind of cool at least within like the Catholic tradition where the growth of like a lot of these folk songs in the 60s and like uh, like the writing of like folk masses and all this stuff that are still super important to us but like they were like they were um coming out of the same like vatican II of like now we're opening up the doors of the church like it's no longer this like super stuffy like where the priest is everything it's like giving the church back to the people um and how the growth of like folk music in the catholic church um kind of reflects that like you know, democratization of, of the Catholic church um, and the Catholic tradition. A lot of people hate those songs now, but it's like what I grew up on. Um, but you see that in Godspell too, of like, it's, it's the music of the people, right? It's very folksy. It's um, not very pretentious at all. Um, and I think I really appreciate that a lot where like, you see what the people, like the people who are either writing Godspell are listening to at this time, and you see what like the people who are listening, uh, what like who are the people who are creating Jesus Christ Superstar are listening to at the time and how they both kind of use these different genres of music for their different musicals is just so cool for the same kind of story too. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's interesting, like especially when Jesus Christ Superstar is more rock, it has kind of like that punk rock, like, like stick it to the man kind of, um, I mean, they do both things, but like you were saying, but in very different ways. Um, yeah, I just have a list of like some theological points that I saw within Godspell and I can just run through them really quickly. Um, 
I think all for the best, you know, it's kind of this tension between like prosperity gospel and um, versus like what is really important, like material, not to say that material possessions aren't important, but like God, you know, prosperity gospel is God showing God's favor through material possessions, which that, that song is kind of like, mm, not really. Um, and then day by day, um, like I said, just this kind of like constant uncovering and unlearning and relearning um, on the willows is all about lament, uh, which is something that I think the, you know, modern church doesn't do a super great job of lamenting. Um, and so I really appreciate not only the giving room and just putting it on the album that space to lament but also the connection to our larger heritage um since it's you know from the hebrew bible it's from the psalms um and then i think by my side and we beseech thee both have this idea of god's like constant presence uh, and I was thinking about this idea of like perichoresis that I learned in seminary. It's my favorite thing. This idea of like the Trinity all being of equal um, importance. And there's this like a mutual indwelling. And then like we are then invited into that mutual indwelling um, into the like this radical equity and love um, between God and God's self and us and each other and God. Um, and I was also reminded of um, one of my favorite quotes from Don Wesley is like his last, his last words before he died. He said, best of all is God is with us. And I think that just really, <laughs> you know, throughout all his life, that was his end. The, like that was, it wasn't any like big theological statement, like predestination is the worst. Suck it, Calvin. It was like, no, God is with us. Like this is the best thing ever. God's presence, God's steadfast presence and love is truly the best. Um, yeah. I have a question for everyone. What are people's takes on Turn Back, O oh Man, and especially how it's staged in the movie? Like, I just, I've always been confused by that song, and especially like the more like seductive quality of the actress who plays that in the movie would love to know your thoughts. I wonder if she's supposed to be like a Mary Magdalene-ish kind of figure, but I hope not, <laughs> um, especially since it's not stated that way. I don't, yeah, I've always been confused by that too. I guess turn back your foolish ways that she's like seducing you to be a more righteous person or using let's put in a presbyterian way she's using her gifts and talents in order to like spread the gospel and uh <laughs> she's using her gifts yes exactly exactly i love when she and jesus are like walking down the stairs and she's like come here jesus i got something to show you and then he's like escorting her down i just love ah oh, it's like cinderella-y too i don't know i love it I, it, maybe it's problematic. I hope it's not about Mary Magdalene, but I love it. So that song, I was actually surprised, Brody, when you said that you really liked, you said a last for you, right? 
Is that the yeah. one that you said? Because that one and Alas for You and Turn Back, Oh Man are the ones that I usually skip when I'm listening to the album because they just have, but I can understand why you would like it. But to me, I just feel they kind of have like a almost hellfire and brimstone tone. Like if you don't get your actions right, you're going to be in trouble, mister. <laughs> so I, I always kind of skirt away from those, but yeah, I don't, I don't really understand. It just seems kind of random. That song Turn back on. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Well, I- yeah, I just, I, I'm always confused about why it's staged that way, like in the movie particularly, and like why it's so seductive and like what it's trying to say. Because like a lot of times in these productions, at least on stage, at least what I've heard, I don't, I don't know. I've ever, I haven't actually, I haven't been in a production of it, but, um, but uh, they say it's kind of like, you're supposed to insert your kind of own personality in the character. And it's supposed to be this whole thing of like, you make the character your own. So like you like, you kind of develop the costume for your character, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know if this, that was like the same thing for the movie or whatever, but I was just like, what is that take there? I don't know. So anyways, it was just a random thought, but it is interesting that you, you know, say like what, what songs you skip, because like, for me, it's always the moody songs that I skip. <laughs> um, like most of the songs at the end, I don't listen to um, because I like, I like a lot more of the joyful kind of more poppy songs, but um, but it also depends on the mood I'm in. Wait, so do you like the um, no, just beautiful city? Because it's kind of joyful, but it's also like kind of moody. Yeah, I'd say I like it, but not as much. It's it's verging on the moody, and <laughs> yeah, but you know it's funny because I think if I listen to an album a lot, like a enough I start liking songs that at the beginning I never really liked like it it shifts around it always happens so like who's to say in a in a year or so (laughs) maybe what songs do you skip I'm looking at it I'm looking at it right now um none I mean (laughs) I like it all a lot and it's all so short hold on I like Light of the World. Maybe a last for you because it's just very loud. It's kind of like scares me. Okay, I guess <laughs> I'm just loud. an angry person, okay? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Righteous anger is good. Um, yeah, I I, I, I I, like it all. I don't I don't think I skip any of it. I'm a purist. I'm a Godspell purist. You're a completionist. Why do we think it's called Godspell? Like, why why use the more older English version of the word gospel? I was also gonna say that maybe like, oh, it's did you know? Uh, of course, Brody knew. Like, what was? <laughs> I am with my fun facts. I know, Just got me spoiled. too. <laughs> Thanks, Brody. Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't know. I feel like that kind of goes back to it's like folksy vibe. Those Anglo-Saxon days. <laughs> way back when when real folk was anglo-saxon i wonder i wonder if it's because it's very like not the songs really but like uh what the actors say the dialogue is very like slapstick and goofy and so i could see someone be like godspell godspell trying to say gospel 
don't know there's just something about like putting these two like harsh like the d sound and the s sound together that it's tricky on your tongue and so maybe there's something like playful and slapstick about it i have no idea linguistics person brody what do you think well, it's funny. I didn't real. I had heard the term "Godspell" before, like about this about this musical, and never realized it was about Jesus. Like I was just the spell part of it. Really, like really, uh, I I don't know. That threw me off. I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. Like, like, like an interesting decision. I just would like to know. And I, as a linguist, I don't know. I'm taking an old English course right now. So. Whoa! Tell us everything about it, Brody. Well, I don't know how much of it's relevant to this car, to this to this conversation. But um, if you ever want me to translate something in old uh, from old English, let me know. I I do. I can read it too. I think the the like use of the word spell is interesting because it's kind of like Ooh. that's nothing really, I but I don't know. I like it. It's all. Yes, it's almost yeah. like they're under a spell because they see the vision of John the Baptist and he's like flickering and it's like ding, ding, flickering on and off the screen. And then they all are kind of like led to this field. So it's almost like they're under the spell of John the Baptist Wait, slash Judas. What, what are you, yeah, like what do you make of that? The John the Baptist Judas dichotomy. <laughs> Couldn't tell ya. I just, I always think it's interesting when there's like, when they intentionally have a short cast, a small cast, a short cast, <laughs> and then everyone is, everyone plays two characters. I don't know if there was a rhyme or a reason as to why they pick those two. I don't know. It's funny you say short cast because Victor Gerber, Gerber, I feel like Gerber baby food. I keep saying that Victor Garber, Gerber, he looks baby. like he's freaking like seven feet tall because the cast is relatively short. He's only six foot. I looked it up. I was shocked. He's such a like a. He's so lanky. Bean. Oh my gosh. He's so lanky. Also, I love and have, I like, I would buy it if I could. John the Baptist, yes. like. Like ah! almost like military kind of jacket that he has with like the frills, it like kind of is Beatlesque, but also kind of military Napoleonish looking. It is so cool, and I've looked everywhere for it, and I cannot like cannot find it. it. I'm you like if I could and sew it. I was thinking about that last night. I was like, I'm gonna dress up as so Judas I... for Christmas. <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> in my <laughs> military outfit brody in the production that you saw in the l- low budget <laughs> production was jesus also was he wearing a superman shirt like is that always part of it or is that just in the movie so i have never seen a, a live production of godspell but i've seen a live oh, production of jesus okay, christ superstar mind. never mind but when I've, I've seen like uh, what other people, because I wanted to dress up as Jesus from Godspell one time, but I just realized no one would probably get the reference except for my lovely friends here. <laughs> um, but I've looked on online and it seems like a lot of them use at least the Superman shirt with the like, um, what's called overalls. Yeah, but like none of the other characters like have any kind of thing, you know, anything that they would usually wear, I guess. So interesting. I wonder why he wore that. I don't know. And I love his pants too, to be honest. Isn't he wearing like bell bottoms? I thought they were like more clowny, like balloonish pants, right? Was oh, I don't know. I'm forgetting. 
I wanted um, my our friend Mara is a uh, is a fashion designer, and I wanted her to make me those pants, but you know, it, well, it wasn't like a serious request, but you gotta make them, Brody. You can buy some cheap fabric from Joanne, stitch them all together. This is why I need to win um, some money to buy myself a sewing machine. Wait, so um, Brody, you brought up like before we started the uh, like clown um kind of costumes that they're wearing since we're talking about their costumes now i would love to like hear would you like to share that with the podcast <laughs> sure i mean i don't actually know that much about it i i read it on the wikipedia it was mentioned in the class me and Maeve took but um kind of the theological decision behind all of the kind of clown-like cl- costumes of like jesus and all his disciples in godspell is kind of Oh, like inspired by um, kind of the theology of like Jesus as a clown. Um, and it's also inspired by this book called like a, The Feast of Fools, which, you know, I never read it. I read kind of the description of it, but it was saying how like um, back in the day in like medieval times, there was like festivals where it's just like unapologetic, like times of like, of just celebration and joy. And there was also, um, what was it? Um, There's something else, but it was like the other thing was these times when like you could imagine a future like beyond your own, uh, like and reimagine your future. And so like the author in this book, I guess, kind of makes the argument that like in order to reinvigorate like our faith and like the church, we need to have like those moments of like unapologetic joy and celebration and things like that. But we also have to have time to reimagine like what our world could be a, a different future than the one we might be envisioning for ourselves now. So that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. I just briefly looked up <laughs> Jesus as clown. <laughs> and have either of you seen this 1964 short film called Parable? I've never heard of it. So apparently there was this um, short film at the 1964 New York World's Fair at the Protestant Pavilion. (laughs) And it says the film depicts Christ as clown and the world as a circus. And it's considered both a revolutionary Christian film and one which provided to be influential. So I think that I don't know anything about it, but there seems to, I mean, like you were saying, Brody, be a lot of, you know, combination of theology of play and like reimagining who Christ is um, as this kind of, on one hand, like silly man with, with like visions of, <laughs> not of grandeur, but of visions of just like joy and celebration and that people kind of like poo-poo, like put them down. But in reality, that's what brings abundant life is that joy and celebration and (laughs) sacred silliness in a way. (laughs) Uh, And that's such an interesting concept. So I'm really glad that you, you brought that up. I do have to share, I was first introduced to this idea of Jesus's clowns in church when uh, several years ago one of my friends told me that she (laughs) 
I think I don't I can't remember if it was at a camp or like at a church but like had participated in clown communion which is a thing that people do and I don't understand it and I should have asked more questions when she told me about it but I was just like I just was struck at the word clown communion and I my brain couldn't get any farther than that <laughs> so it is a thing and a thing that I would love to know more about Yes, and if you're interested in learning more, there's a book called Sacred Folly, A New History of the Feast of Fools by Max Harris that I think came out in 2011. It's about 10 years old-ish, I think, if I have the dates right. Um, and so I'm just reading a little blurb from it. But the intent of the feast was not mockery, but thanksgiving for the incarnation of Christ. And then there's also some like role reversals. And so lower clergy would provide or preside in like higher divine office, um, recalling Mary's Joyce, joyous affirmation that God has put down the mighty from their seat and exalted the humble. And so the fools represented those chosen by God for their lowly status. And it's interesting in God's will because all of the people who are under the God spell and act kind of like the disciples um, of Jesus, they are all, I mean, not lowly, but they're not like CEOs, they're not in these high ranking positions. You have like a struggling actress and someone who works at a car wash and a taxi driver, someone who works at a diner. Um, and so these are all kind of like lower wage positions that are very integral to our society, like essential workers, um, but they are elevated and they are chosen by God to be disciples and to engage in this feast of fools. So it's pretty cool. I like the fact, that's why I like the movie so much, I think, is this, and I kind of talked about, like, reimagining, but just to think of, like, being those people and to have envisioned your life being one way for, like, so long, and that that was what your life was going to be, and then to, like, somehow become part of something where you're now able to reimagine your life as something so completely different, I think that's what I love about that initial scene it's just like a bunch of, it's so much hope. And I mean, when you think about like Peter as a fisherman, right? I'm sure envisioned his life as, 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 as proceeding in a certain way until like he ultimately died. But um, Jesus calls him out from the shore. And in that moment, I think he's able to like completely reimagine like what his life could be. Um, I don't know. I think that's like something that I pray for is like that moment when I can, kind of transcend kind of the box that I've made for myself and the path that I've set for myself and just to kind of reimagine what my life could be um and that hope there and the excitement and yeah I just love how that movie taps into that that's really beautiful Brody thank you for for leaving us with that beautiful image of of change and and hope so I appreciate that. Any final thoughts from the crew? Uh, I think we've established which um, which album is better for God's self. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this feud will still continue. I still listen. Listen. Oh, I've listened. Listen, listen, listen. I've listened. There is a special place in my heart. Listen, Linda. <laughs> There's a special place in my heart for folk music and for the God, the OG Godspell, but I will continue to listen <laughs> to the 2011 version. 
I would like to hear from both of you, and this is like comparing like apples and rockets. They aren't really related at all, <laughs> except for the theme of Jesus. But which do you prefer after we've talked through all of this, Jesus Christ Superstar or Godspell? I know which one I would come back to if I could only watch one for, or listen to one for the rest of my life, but I want to hear what you think. Okay, Brody, I'll go first. <laughs> um, gosh, okay, so again, on paper, I would go to Godspell, but I think I would, I would choose Jesus Christ Superstar, and that's the one that I listen to most often, um, because I just, I, I don't know. I think it gives me a more, I don't know, I don't know what it, it's like more emotionally uh, evocative for me, and it, I just, I freaking love Judas. If it ain't right, I don't want to be right. <laughs> um, so I think that's my answer. I think Jesus Christ Superstar. I have to say the same. I mean, like, I know what my Holy Thursday will, like, my Holy, like, my Good Friday will be, is to listen to <laughs> um, Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm, that's so sacrilegious, probably. But I mean, that... Um, I think it's moodier. I think there's more drama. I'm all about the drama. So I just, and I love the music. Um, sometimes drama is honestly more like, I don't know, inviting than like the joy. And maybe that says something about who I am as a person, but I really do like Jesus Christ Superstar better. I agree. I agree. Maeve? Well, it's, I think there are two questions. Which is objectively better and which does my heart feel called to? The one that's objectively better is Jesus Christ Superstar, of course. The one that I feel my heart is called to has to be Godspell. Um, yeah, I, I like that Godspell. You can play a little bit more with gender, with the disciples. I like that you can make the characters what you want them to be, like because everyone except for Jesus and Judas their names are the names of the person like in real life the, the actor playing the character um wait i did not know that that's yeah. really interesting mm -hmm. it's really cool so like brody was saying like you could design your costume around that um yeah i mean i like both because they're both like anti-imperial and they call out kind of like police violence um so like obviously with with jesus christ superstar and then with um godspell you know Judas runs to the police and um, Jesus dies by police violence. Uh, so I think those are interesting in the way that those are both kind of like critiques. <laughs> Obviously, like, um, uh, well, there are some like issues with Godspell in the sense of like the reasons why Judas decides to betray Jesus because it feels kind of like it doesn't make a lot of narrative sense because you have this build up by exploring Judas as a character in Jesus Christ Superstar, but then in gospel, you don't have the same thing. And so it's just a sense of like, oh, well, like it's predestined to happen. Of course, it doesn't really make sense, but I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's the one that like fills my heart. The one that I listen to most is Godspell. Um, yeah. Yep. Incredible. Incredible finally I'm on the side of the majority 
so funny. Oh, well, it has been such a joy to explore the Jesus musicals with you too. Um, I've such enjoyed, so enjoyed this time with you. We have to all come back and watch the Johnny Cash one. Think yes. about that. I think we need yes. to. Mm -hmm. Gospel Road, take me home. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, Sarah, take us home. Where can you find us on hey, social media? What a fantastic transition. <laughs> <laughs> find us on twitter instagram facebook and tumblr mm -hmm. uh, we have an email mysticsandmolder at gmail.com uh, we have a website Did we have a website mysticsandmolder.com uh, a fan page music. a fan page a fan page which is just freddy's facebook no. <laughs> <laughs> special thanks to um, motion for her work on our intro and outro music you can find her on spotify and um, soundcloud check her out she's a great chicago-based artist thanks for listening bye, bye. bye.